Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All righty, off and running hour number two of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Legendary NFL quarterback Drew Brees will stop by Coming up in about 40 minutes from now, we'll do a little overreaction, proper reaction 20 minutes from now. But first, we start with the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. He joined Stephen A. Smith on the Stephen A. Smith Show, which, by the way, the Stephen A. Smith Show is very entertaining. They asked him last week, some fan, like he'll respond to anybody. Stephen A. Smith on ESPN with First Take is different than Stephen A. Smith on the Stephen A. Smith show. And I've been a big fan of Stephen A. Smith for a long time. I find him very entertaining. Um, And I usually would never watch First Take. Now I say I watch probably First Take, you know, have it on in the background, at least two, maybe even sometimes three days a week. And I really don't watch that many talk shows or debate shows anymore because when you do this, It's not like I'm being this kind of host that goes, oh, I never watch. Oh, I don't pay attention. It's you never want to hear other things that alter your opinions. And even though you don't do it where, like, you're intentionally trying to do it, you may hear something, and then when you do three hours a day, five days a week, sometimes you slip, and sometimes because you heard something, then it marinates in your brain, and then you bring it into your show as well. Uh, So when it comes to the Stephen A. Smith show, and I think that is actually an Odyssey partnership as well, um, the Stephen A. Smith show I find very funny because they'll ask him anything. I heard someone ask him last week, would he give up sex (laughs) to see the Knicks win a championship? And in the clip, he was like tossing and turning and grunting for 10 seconds. It sounded like he was having sex. And then he goes, I can't do that. I love sex too much. (laughs) So it's some good stuff. I've read Stephen A. Smith's book. I actually didn't read it. Let me uh, rephrase that. I bought the audio version of the book, and I had him read it to me. And it was a phenomenal book. And in the book, multiple times, and there's some things you didn't know about his career and his life as well. Um, And I thought it really did humanize Stephen A. Smith, right? A lot of people just see him screaming on television, going nuts, going wild. And they think a lot of it is an act. But you hear some of... The humanization of Stephen A. Smith in the book, I thought it was very compelling and it was a very good listen. Um, But multiple times he talks about his desire to host late night television. So maybe bring in Shannon Sharp over. Maybe they'll have Shannon Sharp replace him at first take. I think he'd be crazy, first and foremost, to leave first take. When something is working and if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. So he could have aspirations to do other things, but I don't think the late night television landscape is this 
great landscape as it once was like 10, 15 years ago. But in the podcasting world, that podcast is growing. That podcast is humming. It has a ton of subscribers, ton of listeners, ton of downloads. And they just built this ridiculously nice studio. So maybe that's where he's going to go full-time down the road. I think he'd be crazy to leave ESPN. I think he'd be crazy to leave first take. But whatever he's done in his career has worked and more power to him. But he had Tom Brady on. I watched the entire thing. Uh, It was about 30 minutes. It was a really good watch. And uh, Tom Brady did sound off with Stephen A. Smith on the Stephen A. Smith show how the NFL has changed and Tom Brady the GOAT has called the NFL very mediocre these days. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm -hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily... Why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect themselves. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. He's 100% right. The NFL product, and this comes from someone that watches it every Sunday, watches it every Thursday. They want to throw a Black Friday game on. I'll bitch and complain about it, but I'll watch it on Friday, even though it's between the Dolphins and the Jets, and you know the Dolphins are going to win. They want to throw it on Saturday night. I'll watch football. Whenever you put football on, I'm watching, especially the NFL and obviously college as well. I'm a sucker for football. Now, arena football, XFL, I can live without the, the spring league football. But when it comes to the NFL and college, I will always watch. But it doesn't mean that the product is great. And it was a slight change. And even though I, the one football I, I can't stand is preseason. That's the one. It's very tough for me to watch preseason football. But from going from four preseason games to three, when they already kind of half-assed the preseason, eliminating so much contact that does go on in the offseason and in training camp, I do believe it had a carry down and a trickle down effect where really the season doesn't get underway until the end of September. Now those games matter. Those games count, but you don't see the preseason really end until October. But this year, it feels like it's been longer than that. You know, there's been some good weeks of football, but there's not a lot of clean football being played. And like, look at the game last night. Those are two of the better teams in the NFL, the Eagles and the Chiefs. And you watch that game, and it was very sloppy. Now, maybe the rain has something to do with it last night, but there's a lot of times you're watching games this year, and you go, the product is very sloppy. And it drives me bonkers how no one knows how to tackle anymore. You know, I think we moved off of what is a catch. I'm not telling you that a catch is now black and white, and it's very easy to see. There's still a lot of gray area with the catch, but how that was a debate for 10 years, you have no damn clue how they're going to officiate what is a catch. Now it's how the heck do you hit somebody? Because I know Kareem Jackson is a repeat offender, and he just got popped with a new suspension. I didn't think his hit, I said this yesterday, I didn't think his hit was that bad up against Josh Dobbs. I didn't really think he did anything wrong, and I asked people, 
how else are you supposed to hit somebody? Because football is such a quick-moving game. And I understand they try to paint it to be, okay, the NFL actually cares about player safety. I don't know how much the NFL actually cares about player safety. The NFL cares about money. The NFL cares about offense because they believe offense is what sells. So you want to tell me there's rules to protect the quarterback with how much quarterbacks are getting paid, $40, $50 million and all the money that's on the line? I understand it. But when we get to everybody else, it's like now you can't hit running backs. Now you can't hit wide receivers. And I just don't know what a safety or a linebacker is supposed to do. And Tom Brady's 100% right. And Brady has a ton of respect for Ray Lewis. If Ray Lewis played today in the NFL, Rodney Harrison who was lethal, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Rodney Harrison, he played today. Those guys would get suspended. They get suspended all the time. And I don't think they did anything for Ray Lewis's case on the field that was dirty. You know, Rodney Harrison, you could question definitely uh, some hits that he had that should not have happened. And this is coming from one of the biggest Rodney Harrison fans on the planet. But... Nowadays, if they played, they would be like kicked out of the league. They would. Because I don't know how you hit the quarterback anymore. I don't know how you hit wide receivers. I don't know how you hit running backs. I don't. And sometimes, like the Kareem Jackson hit. I get it. He has a past. He has a history. But I don't think he did anything wrong. Sometimes the game is just so quickly moving. And when you're going to make a tackle, your head is going to be on a human being. Because you don't know where to move it. So Brady said a lot of things that are right, and also the coaching too. What is the the style that people look now for coaches? Player-friendly, team culture guys, can't be it's a my way or the highway type of approach. I'm not saying those coaches don't ream out players and tear uh, players apart and all that, but a lot of times the drill sergeant coach preaches fundamentals. And when you preach fundamentals so much, and you get on players every step of the way, it makes those players end up being better. And it makes the game being cleaner. So I'm not saying that Brady is like a thousand percent right and they shouldn't care at all about really like the the, uh, player safety and, and all that because you have to. But I do roll my eyes whenever we talk about player safety in the NFL because... The NFL tries to tell you they care about player safety, but then they'll add an extra regular season game to the season because it's going to make them more money. So Brady said a lot that I agree with, and I do think some of the onus is on the offensive player, but the offensive player would be stupid now to say, oh, I got to go protect myself because they know they're naturally going to get protected. Let's hear from Shannon Sharp and Chad Johnson. This is on their show together, Nightcap, and uh, they agree with Tom Brady. That's what I've been saying. These yeah. guys throw the ball over the middle, and then they get mad at the defensive player for knocking him out. No. They, they, they reaching up with one hand. They pretty posing and looking good and looking cute. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> the NFL the NFL has handicapped the game of football. Is It has handicapped players that play on defense to a point to where they can't even tackle. Everything is a flag. Everything is a foul of some sort. They are finding players ridiculously ridiculous amounts of money Yes, for playing the game of football that we were taught from yay high on how to play. 
tackling right. proper, doing all this stuff. Like, there's nothing you can do now. There's nothing you can do. And he's exactly right. How many times, and if you want to debate the Kareem Jackson thing, go ahead. I, I, I do not think that he should be suspended now additional games and what it's a four-game suspension they announced the other day. I, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. But if you want to have that debate, fine. But there's a lot of times where you see quarterbacks get hit. And I understand why they want to protect quarterbacks because that's the investment. That's where all the money is spent. But how many times do you just touch a quarterback and you make a tackle and they're like, oh, you put too much body weight. Like, what the heck are we doing? And then people get all bent out of shape when people say, oh, well, let's just put flags on the quarterback. But that's sometimes how it's officiated. And that's a big problem. Like, there's simple things. There's three simple things that should be simple in the NFL, and they're not. What's a catch? What's pass interference? And then how do you tackle? Like, those should be clear-cut things. And for a while, it was humana, 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 humana with what's a catch. Pass interference, it's just on the jurisdiction of the official. You sometimes see guys get mauled, no flag. Then you cough on a guy, up, there's a flag. But now when it comes to just tackling, I don't know how you're supposed to tackle running backs. I don't know how you're supposed to tackle tight ends. I don't know how you're supposed to tackle wide receivers. And a defensive player beats the offensive player off the line of scrimmage. The offensive lineman has a clear path to the quarterback. He tackles him, even rolls off of him. And then you see the yellow hanky sometimes even come out for a 15-yard penalty unnecessary roughness or roughing the passer. Like, even last night, the Fletcher Cox hit. Like, sometimes players know they're in the wrong and they refuse to admit it. Just watch, like... (laughs) An NBA game, how many times does somebody make a foul and then they're freaking out about the actual call? But last night, Fletcher Cox, you could see the genuine look of surprise and the genuine look of amazement of what the bleep, how else am I supposed to hit the quarterback who was running at me? And that's something that gets very frustrating as a fan because you could root for who you want. You could cheer for who you want. Maybe your bet's or you just your personal fandom plays a role in that. But there's always moments each and every football Sunday or on a Monday or a Thursday, whatever day of the week, where there is a tackle and everyone, and it's tough to agree in this world, but everyone, no matter what religion, race, your political views are, we go, how else are you supposed to tackle? And that's a big problem for the NFL. Finally, this is uh, Chad Johnson on changes to tackling once again via nightcap. They say don't leave with the crown of the helmet. Okay, so people are start trying to use their shoulder now, but it's impossible when you're running full speed and somebody plays yeah. a bang bang plays and having to adjust your body and move it at, at a split second. Somebody gonna end up hurting themselves. They are gonna end up hurting themselves. I they agree. handicap. They handicap everybody. I think they're doing it purposely so the offense for the fans be more see. exciting. They be more exciting. They opened up the game because what do you like? You like scoring. And these are three offensive players. Three offensive players. Shannon Sharp, Chad Ochocinco, and Tom Brady. Now, if they're still playing, I don't know if they're advocating for all these defensive uh, uh, um, helping hands and lending a helping hand to the defense. That'd be a little bit different. They'd take advantage of it. And right, Brady knew how to go get a flag because he knew what the rules were. But they're all exactly right. You will see someone get hurt if you haven't already. 
because they're going to start to say, oh, I have to position myself in a different area. I got to slow down. And you think too much, and then you're going to end up getting hurt. That's just what happens. And Chad Johnson is a 1,000% right. This game is violent. This game moves so quick. And now also in the era of slow everything down, watch it a thousand times, zoom in and, and have something go viral on social media, you could slow something down and make it look dirty and everyone could freak out and everyone gets on their, their moral high horse and all that stuff. But when you're watching in real speed, it doesn't look that dirty. And that's the same thing. That was my point yesterday with Kareem Jackson. I watched that in live speed. Heck, the refs didn't even see it. The refs didn't even call it a flag. But then you slow it down and you watch it a thousand times and you go, oh, that shouldn't be allowed. That shouldn't be warranted. And it's like, you got to remember the speed at which the game does move. Zach Gelb here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. We'll do a little overreaction, proper reaction. And also coming up in about 20, 25 minutes from now, legendary NFL quarterback Drew Brees will join us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Another NFL week is complete, which means it's another week to freak out about your favorite team. Which takes are truly crazy. But sometimes a game can be so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. And which are so crazy, they might be right. He's 6'5", he's 245 pounds. He's probably a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Zach lets you know in this week's edition of Overreaction or Proper Reaction. Alrighty, Moist Mike, I know you're in a miserable mood today because you're Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? Lost to the Philadelphia Eagles last night after Samter thought the Chiefs were going to win by 14 or 17 points. But it's my understanding what sources close to the situation tell me that you come together with some Great questions, and you've come up with some great questions they'd asked me off of week 11 for a little overreaction, proper reaction. So show me what you got, stud. Yeah, your sources are way off. These ter- <laughs> these questions are terrible. They're uh, an embarrassment, and I am ashamed of myself as a human being. G- good to know that you're mailing it right before the Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> Thanksgiving? When's that happening? <laughs> so the Ravens got some good news about Mark Andrews' injury, and John Harbaugh says there's, quote, an outside chance he returns this season. Andrews has led the team in receiving three of the past four years and currently sits second on the team in receptions and yards behind their rookies, A. Flowers. Now, overreaction, proper reaction, the Ravens are not a Super Bowl contender without Mark Andrews. Oh, that is a overreaction. That's not me diminishing the importance of Mark Andrews to the Baltimore Ravens, but the Ravens still have a phenomenal defense. 
And the biggest thing is they need number eight to be healthy at the end of the season. The last two years, they have not been. So even though Andrews is a loss, it's not where I now say in a year where the AFC is wide open and Kansas City's been that team and even Kansas City has been vulnerable that I go, oh, it's inconceivable for the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl right now doesn't mean that's going to be the case at the end of the season. I would put the Ravens as the best team in the AFC. So you say the Ravens are not a Super Bowl contender without Andrews. Um, I would go overreaction there. I still think they can get to the Super Bowl. Now, speaking of the Andrews injury, the Ravens star was injured on what's called a, quote, drop hip tackle in which the the defender grabs the ball carrier around the waist and uses all of his body weight to drag the, the player down. Now, Peter King reports the NFL will, quote, move aggressively to ban the drop hip tackle. Overreaction, proper reaction. We were just talking a lot with Tom Brady and about how the game is getting too soft. This type of tackle should be banned. I would say, once again, that's an overreaction. I just don't know how we are supposed to hit anyone as defensive players now in the NFL. Samter, I, I know that you're always up for, like, a crazy, wacky idea. Do you think eventually defensive players are just going to get replaced by robots? So we could program robots where you're allowed to tackle, what you're allowed to do, and who, what tackle you're going to miss and where you're going to tackle. That's what it seems like the NFL wants to have happen. They don't want any tackling to be done. You can't hit the quarterback now. You can barely hit wide receivers. There's all these flags each and every week. It's just crazy to me. I don't get how you're supposed to tackle. So maybe we should just go to robots and replace all defensive players. No more Miles Garrett. No more Aaron Donald. No more TJ Watt. Let's just concoct some uh, some robots out there. And we could program them how to tackle properly. Because that's what it seems like the NFL's doing. They're putting a leash on everybody. It's wild. If the NFLPA signs off on it, I'm all for it. <laughs> what would Samter be like as a robot, by the way? Imagine Samter as a robot on the defensive side of the ball. I think he'd be a pretty mean robot, Samter. I mean, I basically am a robot at this point, so, you know, it's not going to be much different. <laughs> well, I'm not saying just with whatever your wife tells you to do. This would be the NFL would be telling you what to do. So Roger Goodell would basically take over as the role of, of your wife. Anyway, next question. Now, Brandon Staley's seat is getting blazing hot. After it's on fire! Another Chargers one-score loss. Well, Frank Reich seems destined to lose his job in Carolina for the 1-9 Panthers. Over the weekend, Jay Glazer said Reich has the hottest seat in the NFL. So overreaction, proper reaction, both the Chargers and Panthers should fire their coaches before the end of this season. So I'm going to go overreaction there, and I'm going to split it here. Staley, yes. He should have been sent packing weeks ago. For Frank Reich, I don't think he's going to return next year. I've shifted my opinion on that where I thought he would get the second year and then wouldn't be back after the 2024 season. I do believe Tepper's going to move on, but I don't think it behooves them in any way right now to move on from Frank Reich until after the season. So I would wait until after the season if the Panthers are going to fire Frank Reich, but for the Spanos family, they should have got rid of uh, Brandon Staley about three, four, maybe even five weeks ago, or you could even argue before the start of the season. So... I say yes with the Chargers, no right now for the Panthers. So that's why I end up going overreaction. Now, my favorite player, Travis Kelsey, who is on my Kansas City Chiefs. He's obviously been all the buzz now with his new courtship of Taylor Swift. However, over the past three games, two of which were losses, Kelsey is averaging just 39 yards a game receiving. 
and obviously had that crucial fumble in the red zone in last night's loss to the Eagles. So overreaction, proper reaction, the distraction from all the attention he's getting is actually hurting Travis Kelsey. I just think Travis Kelsey, Stu, you'll like this joke. Just making sure we're going to make the cheesy broadcaster Taylor Swift joke. Travis Kelsey just needs to shake it off after last night. Not a great performance, fumbling the football, dropping the football. He's just got to listen to his girl's music. Little Tay-Tay music. Oh, they call her Mother, I believe. If you are a, a Swifty, they refer to her as Mother, which always sounds a little bit creepy to me. And he just needs to shake it off. Now, Stu, let me ask you this question. Because you gave me the thumbs up because you are a Swifty. When the Swifties refer to Taylor Swift as mother. <laughs> right. If you are dating Taylor Swift, which Travis Kelsey is, does he refer to her as mother? Because that would be really, really, really weird. I, I don't think so. He I gets think an that's exemption? just Swifties. Yeah, I think he isn't included in that. He is a Swifty, though. He is a Swifty, but I guess he is King Swifty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He is the Lord of the Swifties. <laughs> so Samter asked me, uh, the distraction from all the attention he's getting is hurting Travis Kelsey. I don't buy that. That That is a Skip Bayless uh, take. Uh, coming up on Undisputed with Skip Bayless and the 9,000 people that I've hired and I still can't compete with Stephen A. Smith. Travis Kelsey, is he getting distracted from Taylor Swift? We'll talk about that coming up in a few moments. Uh, no, he's not. Overreaction. All right, I'm just saying 39 yards a game over his last three. That's not Travis Kelsey-like. I'm just saying pressure's got to get to everybody. Age, injuries, starting to pile up. Not everyone could play until they're 40-something years old. I think Mm. that's more of a factor. And he kind of voiced that before the game last night, saying the lingering injuries are maybe making him contemplate retirement after this season. Hmm. Well, the Patriots bent Mac Jones on the final drive last week for Bailey Zappi. And now Bill... Bill Can't even say his name. <laughs> All right. I can never want to say his name. <laughs> now Bill Belichick is saying mum. Wait, wait, wait. Is this, are we playing Belichick sound here? Yes. What, what is this in regards to? He's saying mum on who will start this week at quarterback. All right, let me predict here. So a reporter asked Belichick, is Mac Jones your starting quarterback? I'm going to assume Bill said something like this. You know, we evaluate each and every week in practice the um, entire roster. And uh, we do what's in the best interest of the team. So we're going to put the best players on the field that uh, help out the team. Let's listen up. I've told all the players the same thing. Be ready to go. So hopefully they will be. Have you made a decision on the starting quarterback? Yeah, what I've told everybody to be ready to go. <clears throat> what you tell them and whether or not you made a decision? <laughs> well, let you know on Sunday. It's been so tough for me this year because I used to love watching Bill Belichick press conferences to not watch these clips because I I think I could really guess Belichick great. So I did see part of this clip today just pop up on Twitter where it's like Belichick addresses the future of Mac Jones and it was so tough for me not to get what the take was in the moment and bypass the clip. But anyway, what's the question here, Samter? So overreaction, proper reaction, Mac Jones has started his last game for the New England Patriots. Ooh. I'm going to say overreaction. I still think they're going to go to Mac Jones this week. Now, it would make no sense because they just benched him on the final drive in Germany. But something just tells me with Belichick, you expect the unexpected. So, yeah, they'll probably go back to the well of Mac Jones this week. So, since he's starting this week, when you ask me Mac Jones to start his last game for the Pats, I will say overreaction. 
Now, Brown star Miles Garrett added two sacks against the Steelers to go up again to up his league-leading total of 13. He's now on pace for 22 sacks, which would just be a half-sack short of Michael Strahan's single-season record of 22-and-a-half. So overreaction, proper reaction. Miles Garrett will break the sack record this year. I don't think he'll break the sack record, but if he breaks the sack record, if the Browns make the playoffs, and in a year where there's not a lot of great MVP candidates, I think Miles Garrett has a great case to win MVP this year. Because on offense, they've lost Nick Chubb for the season, they've lost Deshaun Watson for the season. And all this dude does is dominate at an elite level. I know there's a debate. Is it TJ Watt or Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year? I think there's a strong case to be made for Miles Garrett to win MVP this season. And you saw it last week. You've seen it in previous weeks. And he's just flat out ridiculous. And he is so confident because he knows he could just roam from left tackle to right tackle, right tackle to left tackle. And there's nothing to, that you could do to stop that man. So Miles Garrett will break the sack record this year. I think he'll come close, but I will go. He just falls just short uh, unless there's a Brett Favre somewhere out there that wants to fall down and, and help uh, Miles Garrett get the record. But I don't think that's going to happen. So overreaction. Did you see how during the game he uh, there was a loose Steelers helmet on the yeah, ground? He picked, he it, picked up. it up <laughs> and handed it back to Broderick Jones. And after the game, he said, hey, man, I was just trying to yeah. help. I wasn't trying to cause any trouble this time. Everyone panicked. They're like, uh-oh, here we go again. Miles Garrett with the helmet. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Mason Rudolph was uh, projectile vomiting somewhere and having some bad flashbacks. <laughs> Zach Yelp here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. When we come on back, legendary NFL quarterback Drew Brees will stop by. I know he hasn't played since 2020. But does he have any interest quarterbacking the Browns or the Bengals the rest of the way? We'll ask him that. Update time first. Here is El Capitan, Marco Belletti. All righty, we continue. This is at Kelp Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We'll go out to the guest line right now. Welcome in legendary NFL quarterback Drew Brees, who's playing some pickleball these days with the new owl paddle, which reduces the sound of hitting the ball by more than 50%. Drew, appreciate the time as always. How you been? Yeah, I've been really good. You? Been fantastic. I got to start you off with the game uh, last night. Eagles 9-1. and one. They still haven't played their best football, and the record speaks for itself. But on the other side, you look at Kansas City, that's three straight games in the second half where they have not scored a point and have been shut out. Uh, where's your concern level, even with how great Patrick Mahomes is, when you look at the Chiefs offense right now? Yeah, you know what? Um, they, they've, had, they've had moments. Um, over the last few years, I mean, look, it, you know this. They are they at any moment they could just go off, right? Um, there's a, a, as explosive an offense as there is in football. Um, they've got you know arguably one of the best quarterbacks um, and a guy who's just so dangerous, right? Like no game is ever out of reach uh, with those guys. Um, I mean, their defense has been playing really good this year. Um, so it, it's one of those teams where they're always dangerous, but. Uh, from week to week, you, you just don't really know what team you're going to get. Um, and so they've had these moments where there's been a little lack of consistency. Um, you know, I can, I can remember a couple of years ago, um, it was actually uh, the, the 20, the 2021 season. Um, they, when, you know, ironically, they, they, they went on to, uh, um, you know, to, to, to go play well in the playoffs, but nonetheless, they, they, 
they weren't getting the ball to Kelsey. You know, they weren't, uh, there wasn't a commitment to the run. They kind of lacked some creativity with some of the things that they were doing. They were turning the ball over a bunch. Like it was just, it was really uncharacteristic stuff, but stuff that you would just sit back as like an experienced coach or experienced offense and say, Hey guys, we're just, we're kind of beating ourselves, you know? So I think that's what they're going to see is when they turn on the film is that, man, we're just, we're kind of beating ourselves here. It's not necessarily what defenses are doing to defend us. I mean, look, of course, teams are going to try to double Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, that's what I would do. I'd be the number one guy I'm taking away if I'm playing that offense, right? Like, he is the key to that passing game. Um, but you, you, when you got a guy like Mahomes who has the ability to run around and make plays, um, when you've got a defense that's playing at a high level, um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't win all the games you're supposed to win. And then, you know, when you play against arguably one of the other better teams in the league in the Eagles – you got to find ways to make the plays at the end in order to win. Talking to Drew Brees right now, i got to get to your old ball coach in Sean Payton. Got off to a slow start with Russell Wilson, but now they're rolling, winning four straight. So they've shown together they could be really solid, they could be good. You know there's a difference to eventually achieving greatness. Do you think this is the start of a great duo with Sean and Russ? Yeah, you know what, they've um, – you know, I think I knew, you know, early, I, you know, early on in the season was, was a bit of an aberration, you know, because I think – Everyone felt like, man, coming off of last year, hey, the defense had been really, really solid last year, and, and that was just going to continue, and then it was going to allow the offense to, uh, you know, kind of slowly ramp up steam. Um, you know, unfortunately, <clears throat> defense really came out and struggled, and I think there was, you know, they lost some edge players from last year, and so they just needed a chance to kind of take what was a new scheme and, and just develop a comfort level with it. Um, you know, offensively, I think they started off better than, than, than what I expected, and yet, you know, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, it just wasn't, wasn't enough. So um, now you've seen them start to kind of hit their stride. Um, I mean, you can definitely feel like, man, everybody's bought in. Everybody understands the direction and the expectation level that, you know, I'm sure Sean has put put into place there, you know, knowing him as a head coach. And um, I, I'm interested to see how the offense continues to progress because they definitely have some weapons. You know, I think they've, they've, they've made a big commitment to the run game here over the last couple of weeks, especially. Um, I think that really helps out what what I think is one of Russell Wilson's great strengths, which is the play-action passing game and his ability to push the ball down the field. Um, it doesn't feel like they've done that a lot. Um, so I think there's still a ton of room for growth there, which would make them even more explosive. So if you can, if you can get there and combine a great run game and explosive play-action passing game with the defense that's playing well, then they become a really dangerous team. Talking to Drew Brees right now. We'll talk about what he's doing today with the Owl Paddle in just a bit, playing a lot of pickleball. I know that you've seen Joe Burrow go down for the year, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson as well. I know you haven't played since 2020, but if either of those teams called you, would you be interested in joining the Browns and Bengals for the rest of the way? <laughs> no, you know what? My, my wife was born in Cleveland, so as much a family there. You know, that, that would be tempting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm 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 very I'm very happy, uh, you know, coaching my kids and just being dad. I'll tell you though, Cleveland has a damn good team, great defense, offensive line is solid. Uh, they, I think they just need a quarterback. Like, if you're interested, even if Tom Brady wants to retire again, I think you guys could really go win something this year in Cleveland. I'll tell you what, that <clears throat> that fan base deserves it. I, I know that. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about maybe unretiring through the last three years? I know you're happy now. I respect what you just said, but has there ever been a moment where you were close to coming on back? No, you know, there, there was, um, back my, 
the first, my first year in retirement <clears throat> when I was actually working for NBC and, yeah. you know, it was still kind of the crazy COVID stuff. And, um, you know, there was a moment where all the, all the saints quarterbacks were, were out either with injury or with COVID and, and Sean asked me to come back and play in the Monday night game, um, right after Christmas against the dolphins. And I came really, really close to doing it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I had, I had obligations, you know, um, other places that I felt like I needed to, you know, follow through with. By the way, what are your view of the Saints right now? What do you think they could accomplish this year with what Dennis Allen and Derek Carr are doing? You know, <clears throat> I think they've they they've had their moments. You know, they um, <clears throat> they went up to New England and had a had a big game um, offensively. Um, you know, they went to Indianapolis and had a big game offensively. Um, you know, came came back home and, and had another big game against the Bears offensively. And then, you know, <clears throat> go to Minnesota and, you know, Tampa, and you can point to some of these other games where it's like, man, it just didn't didn't feel like they had great rhythm. Um, you know, uh, just, just kind of got, you know, just a lack of consistency, I'd say, you know. So, look, I, I think that's a team that has all the pieces in place. Um, and they've got great veteran leadership. They've got some talented young guys defensively it's certainly a top 10 if not a top five defense um offensively I mean, they've got a lot of weapons you know you got a guy in Derek Carr who's you've got command of the offense so um and there's really no reason why you know every time those guys step on the field you shouldn't expect them to to win or be highly competitive um the the record doesn't reflect that right now um but you know I'd say the latter half of the season here they got a bunch of divisional games. You know, they're going to play. Um, they're going to play Carolina again. They're going to play Tampa again. They're going to play Atlanta twice. You know, so um, in a division that's pretty tight right now, um, that'll be the determining factor. But I'd be I'd be surprised if they don't win the division. When you watch the Chargers get into your, the other team that you played for, is it just as simple as Staley isn't the right guy for this team right now? I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, for 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 whatever reason. Um, they just, they, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Um, you know, it, it, it feels like there's, there's those games where man, offensively, they're just super high powered. They're scoring a bunch of points and they can't stop anybody on defense. And then there's those games like last week where I felt like, you know, all in all the team played well, they just had, you know, two or three plays where, you know, you drop a ball that should have been a touchdown. You fumble the ball inside the five going in and, you know, so you have three red zone possessions and you got six points, you know? So like, stuff like that in, in, in the NFL when most most games are decided by one possession, you know, and you lose whatever that score was, 23-20 or whatever, you know, they lose yeah. by a field goal. You know, you, you drop a ball at the end of the game. You know, r- rookie receiver drops a, a go ball that probably should have been a touchdown, maybe the game winner. Like, you know, you just you, you get frustrated because it's a loss, right? At the same time, you turn on the tape and it's like, guys, there's like four or five things that happen here that if we just do one of them, we win this game. Um, so they've got, I mean, they got the quarterback, right? I mean, that's, that's priority number one. I'll tell you, um, I think they need drew. I think they need Belichick. There's all these rumors about Belichick maybe being done in new England. Uh, that would be a perfect match. Cause bill needs more talent right now. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, there's always, there's always fireworks in, in every NFL off season. I mean, shoot, we've gone to where we're firing coordinators mid season. You know, we got two in a row these last two weeks. Right. So, um, there's always gonna there's always gonna be a coaching shuffle. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. 
All righty, Drew, before we let you run, always appreciate you and jump on board with us. Tell me about your pickleball game these days. I know you're heavily involved in that in this new Owl Paddle. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm an owner in an MLP team called the uh, Los Angeles Mad Drops Pickleball Club. We actually won the championship uh, this year, which was, which was awesome, and look forward to seeing the league grow and continue to progress. Um, so Owl Paddles, is, is <laughs> I'm actually here in New York right now with John McEnroe. We're about to play uh, pickleball inside of a library believe it or not, wow. <laughs> uh, with these owl paddles to show just how quiet uh, pickleball can be. You know, there's, there's the only negative with pickleball right now, uh, or perceived negative, is that it, it, it can get a little noisy, you know, with all the ding, ding, ding. So um, Owl has done a great job with engineering a paddle that now reduces the sound by 50%. Um, so it's significantly quieter. It's actually the only paddle that is USA Pickleball quiet category designated. Um, so this is a great option. You don't lack any performance, you know, power. It's, it's, uh, it's really kind of provides all those things in addition to being nice and quiet. I know you're probably always looking to enhance the scouting department on the pickleball team. I'll just make a recommendation. I have a hidden gem for you. My uncle Kenny, he may be uh, in his seventies now, but he really is moving and grooving on that pickleball court. You know what? Those are the kind of guys that, that sneak up on you. You know, you, you step onto the court, a couple old guys, you're like, oh, we're about to, you know, we're about to run these guys. And all of a sudden. You know, it's like it was. It's like a kung fu match. You don't know. You don't know what hits you. <laughs> Drew, I know you got to run. Appreciate the time. You be well. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, man. You too. There he is, Drew Brees, joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. By the way, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. Come. Uh, news from Adam Schefter via the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson underwent surgery today to repair a displaced fracture um, in his right shoulder. The surgery is performed um, in Los Angeles. It was deemed successful. The rehab process is scheduled to begin on Friday, and a full recovery is expected prior to the start of the 2024 season. And as you just heard a few moments ago on CBS Sports Radio, uh, if Let's just say maybe the Browns called Drew Brees. It does not appear like he is interested. At first, I thought it sounded like he wanted to return. He's like, oh, my wife's from Cleveland, so maybe. And then he let out that laugh, and it's like, oh, he's not interested. He's fine just coaching his kids right now. Uh, So I don't anticipate that Drew Brees is going to be a quarterback for the uh, Browns. I also don't think the Browns are going to call. Like He hasn't played since 2020. Um, The name I said yesterday, he should absolutely do. And I, I even believe this even more today is that it's Tom Brady. Like, Brady, I really do believe that the Browns, if they get Brady, could win a Super Bowl this year. Like, I don't think that's nuts to say. With a great defense behind that line, and it's a shame because the Browns just don't have a quarterback right now. They don't. They have no Dorian Thompson-Robinson, P.J. Walker. I know they just beat the Steelers, but... You're only going to go so far with both those guys in that quarterback, and it's such a tough thing with how late Watson got hurt. It's you know already past the deadline. Like, who else can you go out there and get? Doesn't seem like Matt Ryan's interested in the broadcast booth, uh, leaving the broadcast booth. I don't think they're calling Drew Brees. Phillip Rivers, I know he's been out for a few years, but it seemed like there was a chance he was going to go play for the 49ers late last year. So you go through those options, and even though Brady seems like it's wild, and maybe Brady's at peace with the decision and he's done, I at least got to make that phone call. Andrew Barry's at least got to make that phone call. And not only just make that phone call once, 
make that phone call multiple times. You know, beg for two, three weeks because this team's seven and three Cleveland and it, they just had a quarterback, which they don't. And even if Watson was there, uh, maybe he could finally knock off the rust. But now with the injuries, we're going back to 2020, the last time Deshaun Watson was good. Didn't play 2021, didn't play 2022 or last six games and has barely played this year. So then next year he has to knock off the rust and then we're four years removed from that. So the chances of Deshaun Watson even going through the surgery and expect to make a full recovery and be there for the start of the 2024 season, that's one thing. All right, good. But how effective are you going to be? You ever going to live up to the draft picks and the contracts? The answer for me is no. Coming on back, Zach Gilb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 